So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a life coach who ended a 20-year relationship with alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to quitting alcohol that breaks all the rules, amazing stories from women who are throwing a better party because of it, and how you can stop drinking and start living. This show is not a substitute for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a health professional if your alcohol consumption is a risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Hi, hello, my beautiful listeners. Welcome back to another episode. I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you so much for being here as I dive deeper into this work, um, not only just of myself, but the amazing people that I've been talking to this week. And I've also been on a couple of podcasts, the attention, where we place our intention and how is truly the most important thing that we have to guide how we cultivate our lives and what the quality and the fabric of our lives really, really become. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for giving me your precious attention. And I think I've said this before, but thank yourself for you know placing your attention in a way that is connecting with your intention of the way that you are starting to something new, a new way you're waking up to. If you're here, you are feeling inspired to shift something about your relationship with alcohol. And we've been diving deep into a lot of subjects. So this podcast is really evolving in a way that it's just becoming more and more universal. And um, the interviews that I've been doing have just been so amazingly um, interwoven and the themes that are running through with these uh, empowered women of 
the sacredness of life, the the deep knowing of the feminine aspect, waking up to that choosing, the power of choice. And what we're going to talk about today is trust, cultivating self-trust. And this was something that I really didn't think about a lot during my transition. And it's obviously a theme that comes up so much is that people can't necessarily trust themselves around alcohol. And I guess I didn't think about it because I just never really put it into those words. And reflecting on it now, it was this lack of trust, but it was really a really a lack of knowing thyself. And I believe it's Socrates that says to know thyself is to find wisdom or is the beginning of wisdom. And I always think about, you know, if we were just dropped here as a human and there was no other information, which has happened in the past, you know, that tuning into that sense of answering your own questions, of knowing what to do. And I've made this commitment to myself often that I am going to stop pretending <laughs> that I don't know what to do or that I don't know the next right step because there's always this, this little inkling in the back of the mind, which I believe is the highest self or something in the body, you know, not, not in alignment. That's just like making it heavy. And yeah, we move through hard things, but are they heavy? Are they pulling at us? Do they just make us feel bad? And I think that the tuning, the fine tuning of trusting the self really is the ability to discern, am I moving through this discomfort in service of myself? Or is it, or is it to prove a point? Is it to reach a certain aim? Um, and I, you know, I talked about the, the feminine aspect on the last show about the privilege of emotion and we put it in these terms of masculine and feminine, and it can turn some people off, and that's fine. And that's just because it's not what we're what we're talked about, how it's talked about in society and in culture these days. But it is the way that it is. Um, in all philosophies, for thousands of years, there's always been the balance: the the masculine and feminine, the Shiva and the Shakti, the Yin and the Yang, the light and the dark. And it's all aspects of the self. And I think that is really what creates an imbalance in the body that drives us to continue to search and seek outward for the answers that only live inside. And so you'll find that these themes are consistent throughout um, and there's themes that, you know, overlap from, from our last episode until now, but it's, it's really to drive home this point that, um, we're not just changing our relationship to alcohol and 
sitting in front of the television, we're changing our relationship to alcohol because we want to understand better who we are and to have more trust in our decisions because we're choosing, when we're choosing alcohol, we're not choosing from the place of our highest self and it becomes a habit and it becomes conditioned. Um, but it's really in that place of discernment of knowing this has become a conditioned habit and I'm ready to move forward and I'm ready to do whatever it takes to move forward. And I just heard this gentleman who's also a recovery coach and I just kind of discovered him. So I'm definitely interested in checking him out, Tommy Rosen. And he's also a yoga practitioner. So he, like I do, um, interweave um, holistically the approach of recovery. And he said he was teaching a yoga morning yoga class. And he said, if you're on the fence, you know, the fence is an uncomfortable place to be. So just get off the fence. And if you think about it, and that's why the first shift in my five shifts approach is to start now, start now in any way. And the practice of yoga is what I want to talk about today. Not the practice of yoga, but practicing, practicing, showing up for yourself, cultivating self-trust and you can't just think into it you can't just decide today I'm going to trust myself more without really shifting the routine that you have in your life in some way that's creating a more expansiveness that's slowing down that's taking a step back that's shifting something so that you're feeling into life in a different way And this is why the practice of yoga and mindfulness and meditation is so powerful because you show up, you show up even when you're a little tired and then you leave and you feel something, you know, and it doesn't have to feel amazing, but you're feeling something different. You're feeling yourself. You're feeling how moving your body and using your breath in a really intentional way where you're placing your attention on something is creating a shift. And then you start to realize that with a small amount of effort, you can change the landscape of your life. And this is really what I want to impart upon you is that there is time. And I know so many people are just trying to get through the day, but we have to be really honest with ourselves. And this is the first piece of self-trust is first of all, being honest that maybe I don't really know myself. If I tuned out from the thoughts that are important to other people, would I be able to still make the best informed decision for myself? And I believe the answer is yes, of course, but it might take time to recalibrate that sense of kind of thinking for yourself without the systematized this is just the next step in the thing in the process and we don't question it. And so I just wanted to start with a quote actually. I've had this book for so long. It's this little teeny tiny book about the the yamas and niyamas of yoga philosophy which are the restraints and observances. It's Um, like any great philosophical system has these kind of moral codes or ways that you adhere to, and they do end up being universal concepts of life. But this is called Yoga Life, 10 Steps to Freedom by Joanna Mosca. 
And she was quoting the Upanishads, which is one of the most ancient texts that exists, uh, Sanskrit texts. And then at the end, she just kind of summarizes it by saying, there is nothing to be sought after outside of ourselves that will give us greater freedom than going inside into our own stillness and divine being. I just want to read that again. There is nothing... excuse me, there is nothing to be sought after outside of ourselves that will give us greater freedom than going inside into our own stillness and divine being. And that's really kind of (laughs) the summary of the talk here today is we are it's no, it's no wonder that we don't have the cultivation of self-trust because we are sold to that it is everything outside of ourselves that we need that will create freedom, joy, pleasure. And so when those don't work, we don't take the opportunity to go inside to say, you know, how can I refine my perspective or my sh- Uh, my interpretation of what's happening in my world or the circumstances around me so that I, that I can choose a different thought that I can choose to change my feelings so that I can show up to a practice that will serve me. Instead, we blame the outer world and then that doesn't work either. So going outside of ourselves to have the other change to serve us or to purchase something to create harmony or to drink a drink to find a sense of self. It will never work and we'll always be chasing this. And I know this firsthand. I always used to kind of joke. I was a bit of a wanderlust in my 20s um, and early 30s. And um, I said, you know, I'm over here searching for God on the internet. It's like, You know, we can search endlessly and Google all of these questions, but until we take the time to dive into the work, um, it will be an endless search. And so I also have this one other quote that I'll just read you guys because we're right here. And I've actually really never read into this book, but it just kind of called to me on the shelf. Let your spirit guides speak. And it's a simple guide for life, purpose, and abundance and joy. Um, And so, you know, there's often things that come to us that might not really resonate with our total belief system, but there's so much wisdom inside of everyone's personal explorations too, that it's worth, um, you know, looking into before we want to make a judgment. And then when we have that strong sense of self and self, self trust, then we can kind of choose how to discern. And this was just the first quote I opened up to, and I thought it was fitting. Even when you do not feel that you're in touch with your guidance, that inner guidance, know that you are still being guided. And I just want to point this out to you right now. The fact that you're here and that you have this inkling in your head, this nagging thing that's just telling you this just isn't the way, there's got to be a better way, this isn't working, is your inner guidance, your inner wisdom telling you there is. Show up. You're on the right path. 
So the definition of trust is a firm belief in the reality, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And in this case, yourself. So cultivating self-trust is a firm belief in the reality, truth, ability, or strength of yourself. So when we look at this in light of alcohol, alcohol really starts to strip us of that. You know, whether or not we start the process of alcohol with any, um, for any reasons to, you know, support um, our ability to be social or cover up from um, emotions, or if we're, you know, if we're using it as a, as a crutch or a tool or an aid, um, it doesn't really matter how we're starting the process of drinking. What matters is through the process of drinking because of this kind of false reality that alcohol gives you in so many ways, all of these things, the reliability, truth, um, and ability and strength really slowly starts to get stripped away from us. So it's no wonder that this theme of being able to trust yourself is when I'm hearing over and over again, when I ask women and you'll hear this on the interviews, what is the one thing that you believe about yourself now that you never would have believed when you were um, drinking alcohol? And inevitably it's some version of my ability to trust myself that I can trust myself to make the decision that's going to serve me the best. And you know, this might not happen all of the time, but we come to ourselves in this shift in this process through, through compassion. No one has ever been shamed into being inspired, right? But we can compassionately offer a glimpse of what might be inspiring today. What is one thing today to be grateful for, to celebrate, not you better get your act together or else, you know, nothing is going to change. And here you are again. You know, it's that that motherly voice. And as I was writing this episode today um, and making some notes, I realized that the self-trust really is the mother archetype, the motherly aspect of the self. Um, you know, the mother out of all the archetypes really is the one who is kind of the most reliable and really has, I feel like, the sense of wisdom and and the playfulness, the innocence, the fun. I really feel like she kind of encompasses a lot of it. And, um, you know, there's different phases for different flavors, but it really feels like that deep sense of self-mothering, um, something that we're, you know, we're really not taught that, um, that our parents don't need to provide us that parental role for the rest of our lives, that they are giving us the wisdom or that we can seek it within ourselves, the tools, the power, the empowerment to know that that lives within. And so this reliability piece of trust, when you don't know, I just kind of wanted to go through those few words to just kind of look at how alcohol really is not supportive of the cultivating the definition of trust. So reliability um, being able to be consistent and show up for yourself when you say you're going to, or even for others, or that your decision making is consistent and the same throughout, that it's that it's coming from a place of the deep self-wisdom of really what you need in that moment. So the alcohol really takes the reliability away. And then truth, truth 
is the self. Truth is the is your identity. And if your reality is a false identity, which is alcohol, because it lowers your inhibitions, it affects your decision making. Um, it kind of actually, um, I just had this really amazing insight with an interview I did about, you know, blacking out or not remembering so much of the night before. And it's, she was saying, and you guys will hear this, that, you know, almost like your highest self is like checked out because here your body is moving around. And then this part of you that's like making any sense at all is like, you know what, I'm going to join the party when it feels safe in there. And that kind of as a visual was just, it's just startling. So what is that truth? If that you become this person that isn't even able to articulate, you know, who you are or your, your place of your highest values, because I know that consuming alcohol that decision does not is not in alignment with our highest values. And when we really check in with what our values are and the way we want to live into this life, um, that's not our truth. And so if our truth is coming from outside resources and if our thoughts are based on the thoughts of another, you know, that we need this thing or even from old patterns or an old past and a story of another whether it's a collective from collective from society and what we're being sold or the story of the past, that this is how adults, you know, um, celebrate and how they live into their lives. We'll never know what our truth is. And I think that that is such an important piece. This piece of truth is my identity and you can never cultivate the truth of who you are when it's always overshadowed by something that's actually literally taking your identity away from you. It is changing. Um, it's changing your reality. It's, it's checking you out. Um, and the next, um, the next word in the definition is ability. So, you know, our ability to cultivate resilience and strength. So it was ability and strength. And we've talked about this on the podcast too, is, um, to move through adversity, to show up, to do the work that is, tough sometimes. And then even on a really a physical level, we lose our balance, our mobility, our, um, our ability to drive. Like we kind of just are giving up our power in so many ways. So our ability and our strength. So how can we find self-trust when all of those things that, um, are part of how we define the word trust are completely taken away from alcohol. So So in this framework, you almost have zero control. We have, don't have control of circumstances that are outside of us, right? We can't control how other people think, feel, or act. We can't control the weather. We can't control decisions that other people make. So if you can't control outer circumstances and you're not even in control of your own circumstances, then you have no control. And this is obviously going to create a feeling of stressful reactions. You're always in fight or flight mode, and it's just going to continue to perpetuate a existence of reaction and overwhelm and really high levels of stress. And so 
it's just going to exacerbate the process and a drink is going to sound like the only reasonable way to solve it, but then you're just feeding the fire. And so we're really working into a re- only reactionary life where life is showing up for you and you're reacting. So you're just either putting out fires, you're afraid to go out into the world because you might start a fire or what will happen and what other people will think or do or say, or you're just hiding from the fire and pretending that it's not there and it's slowly, you know, having an effect on the inner landscape of who you are. But The burning down the house metaphor is kind of a good place to start because sometimes we just have to clear the slate and go back to square one. Um, But with all of the work that you've already done in your life, of course, you have so much knowledge and so much wisdom based on circumstances from the past, but the alcohol is really clouding your ability for that to come through and to use that as a tool in this moment of all of the hard circumstances that you've overcome in your life, you have that ability still inside of you. So don't negate those times. Those are the tools of resilience and empowerment and inspiration to know that you don't need to use a past story of what you didn't do to help you through this time. You can use the past story of all of the amazing times that you have shown up for yourself and you made it through and you did the hard thing because we all have. And so reflect on that and use that as proof that you can too get through this time. But it really sometimes needs to be this just letting go of what you think is possible, what you've known, the conditioned mind, and really starting from a blank slate and really clearing the mind. I said this before about that we're born into this story created for us, you know, before we were even a glimmer in our mother's eye. And this is just because this is how human beings have tried to understand their lives. I mean, we don't have the answer to existence. So with that and knowing that the existence and all of the stories and all the things people have created that they're selling to you and all of other concepts and information and content and theory, it's all been made up. So this is your opportunity to tap in to see what works for you because it is a world right now where uniqueness and diversity must thrive because the hive mentality or the conditioned mind of uniform thinking and the American dream being A to B and this is how you get there is clearly hasn't worked. It's created a slew of problems. It's really dampened the human spirit. And, and we can see that, you know, there is a need for, for rebellion. And this rebellion comes in the form of radical self-love and radical self-trust. So what are the tools to get there? How do we really dive in to cultivating self-trust when it seems like a place that's impossible. Maybe there's not enough time in the day. You don't know where to start. And the first piece, and we talked about it last week, is the 
tuning into the spectrum of emotions. You're here, you know you need to make a change. So accepting that, being honest with yourself and taking responsibility to know there's no one else that's going to do this work for you and you need to do it for yourself, but you need to get excited and you need to get inspired about the fact that not only can you move through the hard times and maybe you got here because of the actions and the decisions you make, but how amazing are you going to feel when you know, I did this, I made, I got through this. It's like, we're so, we're so willing to take the responsibility for the amazing things that we do in life, but we want to like step out and blame or pretend like we don't know what to do when it comes to the really hard things. But that can be empowering too. That can be like the, I've got, I've got this no matter what. I've got this. And these women that I've been talking to, their ability to be into inspiration and freedom, they are just like glowing and beaming with freedom. The alcohol is not, they're, they're choosing, they're choosing themselves. They are not in deprivation. They are in elation of what's possible for their lives. And it is just so inspiring. So the first steps are first honesty and personal responsibility, knowing that your thoughts, feelings, and actions are how you're going to create your reality and your interpretation of the world, even in light of outer circumstances that might not be awesome for you. And so I really think about this often, you know, if there was something really um, catastrophic that happened in my life, how would I show up? And I would use these tools. I have no doubt in my mind. I have no desire, no interest in any way, shape, or form to utilize alcohol to ever solve for any problems again. And I really believe that the situation that we're in right now in quarantine, um, we have had to take a um, a cut to, um, our income because of my partner and working and, um, our little boys home. And so, you know, it's really shifted, but we're, we're showing up to make the best of it. I just had one of the best birthdays I've ever had in quarantine. We joined a dance party online and a music festival. We watched all these live musicians from their homes playing and, We just did all these really fun activities and I got dressed up. I changed my outfit. I did some yoga and it was really, really awesome. And so that was me choosing that self-trust of this is my birthday in quarantine. What do I want to do? And I just did all the things and then those guys showed up to celebrate with me. Um, So you really need to take a break from the influence of other people's interpretations of the world, other people's thoughts, other people's opinions. You need to start the process by stopping. That is the first, first step. And I cannot emphasize this enough. And it might just be a few days, but I am really, really encouraging you, especially right now to take a break from, um, fictional entertainment with the television from the news media and from social media and replace that time with something that is going to really serve you. And I know that those, those are like really easy things, but they're not necessary in our lives. And that's something you need to be honest about. They are not necessary at all. Um, and even if it's something that you do for work, I would suggest scheduling posts, um, out 
or dropping it and then leaving. I do that often. I drop it and I go. I don't look at anything. Um, and taking that time and really planning out whether it's reading um, some inspirational work, whether it's journaling, it's nature walk, um, or it's some, I mean, I would really recommend an embodiment practice like yoga or some guided meditation. There's so many tools. Um, and you could also jump on the phone with me and I could help you set up, um, really figure out a schedule for yourself that could really serve you. You have to tune out. You have to start to be able to hear your own inner voice and your own truth. I cannot express this enough. The me time piece of it, if you're not used to taking really intentional me time is so, so, so important. And this could literally be five to 10 minutes a day to have a huge impact. If you need to get up earlier in the day before your children wake up or before your partner goes to work, or you need to stay up a little bit later put the work in is going to make a change and a shift and I will tell you that if you show up consistently for the practice this is what starts to rewire your mind I just got off the um off of a call with an interview I did for another podcast called the um the evolutionary with David Knox and he's had this amazing I always say um you know, we want to focus our attention with our intentions driving it. But he had something that was much better that was um, a lot more solidified saying he called it curate your own consumption. And I just love that so much. So thank you, David. Um, curate your own consumption. This is your consumption for everything, everything that enters into you. It is your responsibility to choose, is this serving me? And this comes from that piece of self-trust. If you never slow down enough, you are just going to be bombarded with all of these things. And at the end of the day, you have no idea what happened. You're reactionary and you're going to feel like crap. And the only thing that you're going to want to do is have a drink. So the first step I really believe is in hearing your own thoughts by curating your consumption. And I would say for a week, if you can do five days to just shut everything off, even if you're still drinking, um, to just shut down the media, really shut it down and tune that time in, utilize that time for something else. And actually for a day before you decide to do it, so get off the fence and jump in, um, I would take a time to just note, to take um, a, a time map of what how you're spending your time during the day and also how you're spending your time thinking and um, how much time alcohol is taking up in your day. That's a really useful tool. And then so as you're taking this time, you're going to utilize it to tune into a way that's creating sensation, creating new thoughts, creating new feelings, right? So that you can start to see that there's this something alive in you that another layer of the self when we are just tuning in to the television and the booze it's just numbing us down and you know you might have these you might I have no idea what you do for work so you might have times at work where you're really creative or you're in flow um but a lot of times that doesn't take us into our own deepest expression of self. What is true for us? I'm in this place right now where I am really feeling like I'm ready to just recalibrate the whole way that I've kind of shown up in my life and just go beyond. My birthday wish was move beyond story until the only thing that's left is love. 
to move beyond the stories until the only thing that's left is love. And so I'll give you an example of some of the work I've done to cultivate self-trust is my pleasure. And this is pretty personal, but um, it is, you know, there's intimacy between my partner and I um, and really deciding for myself, what is pleasure to me? And am I going to rely on someone else for my pleasure? And the answer is no, because I'm in this phase where I'm taking personal responsibility for all of my thoughts, feelings, and actions. Is it nice to be desired by someone? Sure. But if I want pleasure at the end of the day, I need to go out and seek it. I either need to ask for it, for what I need, or I need to become more expansive in other ways of finding pleasure. Maybe that's not just sex or intimacy. Um, and that could be through slowing down through a yoga practice or delighting in one simple piece of chocolate and finding pleasure that way or being in nature by myself and smelling the air. There are so many more expansive ways to experience pleasure besides high concentrated rewards of alcohol or even the highest expression you know, of an orgasm, which is natural and I do think um, is positive for the self and for the body, but it always doesn't need to be like that. So can we take responsibility for ourselves, for our pleasure, for what we need? Because it's going to be different every day. Maybe I want to enjoy my day and I want it to be a pleasure-filled day like my birthday. So I decided to do a bunch of movement and to dance. And I asked for what I wanted for dinner and I... Um, asked for my toenails to be painted and uh, it was an amazing amazing birthday and we went for a walk outside and I just I couldn't be more happy with myself than you know leaving it up to someone else to decide that day for me no I don't think so <laughs> and then blame them when it wasn't how I wanted it to be I mean that's that's the best expression planning your own birthday you really got to dive into that and make it a special day and do exactly what you want. So trusting in yourself is the discerning between that instant gratification and stability. Is this decision going to only be awesome now or, in it, or is it going to really throw me out of whack from all of the work that, I've, that I'm doing and that I've been doing? And it's the subtleties when you get alcohol out of your way and it recalibrates. And I'm telling you, it doesn't take as long as, as it did to get to where you are because it was 20 years for me to get to where I was. And fortunately, I had you know the, some of the practices in my pocket that I set an intention for. I was doing these mindfulness practices for almost 20 years, but my intention wasn't there. My intention to use it as a tool of really, I mean, there was self-discovery, but um you know, really stripping away the layers of what's possible outside of my interpretation. I'm ready to be completely blown out of the water every single day. I'm just hoping for a new surprise that something that I thought was true is just not even true and is just way better on the other side because that's what happened for me with alcohol and that's what happens for my clients and that is what happens for people that choose inspiration and life rather than 
willpower and deprivation. So I just want you to remember that, that, that it's happening. It's out there. People are doing it. We're all doing it. So here's just a few sentences I made about self-trust. Self-trust is willing to risk a relationship by saying what is real and true to me from a place of authenticity and compassion. Self-trust is looking only to one source to solve all my problems inside, into that that divine essence of who I am, that deep wisdom. Self-trust is being patient with the unfolding of life. If I know that I'm in right action of my intuition and my subtle nature, life is and will unfold itself to you. That it doesn't, we always want everything now, now, now. Life isn't like that. It's a beautiful process of revealing. But if you're there to open and to witness it and to see it, you have to be available. Self-trust is being boldly honest with myself by letting go. Sometimes I really have to let go of what was once true that no longer is. A lot of times that's relationships when you change um, how you, um, how you, your relationship with alcohol. A lot of times that might be activities that you had, um, how you respond to someone. Sometimes it's willing to say that you're wrong and that is freedom. I, I can't express enough how this process is freeing. Self-trust is a deep state of surrender into being an integral part of the tapestry of life. It is really believing that you will follow through on your promise to yourself, offering compassion and the opportunity to ask for help when you need it. Self-trust is unapologetically making choices that are for the best version of your life. It is giving yourself permission to say, you know what? Not today. I did that yesterday, but today that drink just doesn't really sound like what I need. To be okay with the phase of life that you're in without fear, shame, or excuses. Partying till three in the morning was once my MO. And you know what? I want to party in a different way now. I'm having the best time of my life because I feel amazing. Self-trust is knowing when to pull yourself up with an encouraging tap to the butt and say, girl, you said you want this. Life is now. I just had to do this with my writing practice. I've stopped and started writing a book for so long um, for the last year. And I've always had really a creative writing practice. And I really was like, this year, I want to dive into it. I want to show up. And so I was like, you just have to make the time for it. You make the time for other things. And so I have since the 22nd, Pretty much every day, not every day, but I have, it's been, it's been a practice that I've been starting and I'm hoping that it just becomes one of those things that I'm excited and I look forward to because I love to write, but it's just, again, you got to get the ball rolling. But I was, instead of just talking about it every day, oh, I need to be doing this. I should be doing this. I set it aside until I was ready to get off the fence. So if you're not like go, go to one side or the other of the, of the fence. And that's the whole start now piece. Just choose so that you're not wasting that time because no one's waiting for you to make a different decision, right? It's you, you're the one waiting. So just stop all the mind drama, show up now, choose yourself today to start cultivating that sense of self-trust and give yourself the permission to tune out. And I know it's not possible for everyone, but choose something different to listen to on the radio. Listen to inspiring music, 
take some time to dance, light a candle and roll around on the floor. There are so many things to do besides scrolling social media. I have never once been on Instagram and been like, oh my God, I feel so much better. I am so glad that I just saw that. Never one time, not once. And maybe that's just me, but I don't think that people are having these moments where they're like, wow, I just trust myself better now that I just spent an hour looking into the lives of other people and hearing their truths. I mean, you might see something inspirational, but it's not going to be that work that's doing the somatic work of recalibrating the mind, the body, feeling sensations in your body, sitting with emotions and asking yourself, You know, what is it that I feel now? So take some time, write down three things. What are, what are three ways I can tune in to myself more? What are three things I can cut out this week that I just don't need to do that aren't serving me, that are wasting my time and choosing alcohol is one of those things. So you know what, tune social media off this week. And if you are, if you're not ready to fully stop drinking right now, then say, I'm just going to. Just see what happens. I'm going to tune off social media. I'm not going to be making all these decisions about drinking. If I'm still drinking, I'm doing that. Then you just give yourself so much more time and freedom. You will be shocked. And then reach out to me and we'll set up a time to talk. We'll make some strategies. We'll really dive into your core values, your life intention. So take some time to really look at those. And that's cultivating self-trust. If you have no idea what your values even are in life, it's going to be really hard to to cultivate, um, to curate and cultivate that um, that consumption. And I think that that's one of the most important pieces. So have an amazing day and I am really looking forward to hearing from you. If you need anything at all, reach out. Have a wonderful day. Bye. The process of unraveling your story outside of the confines of alcohol is truly a sacred and beautiful journey of the self. Rediscover who you are in a whole new world again. Stop by my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get instant access to the on-demand workshop of my revolutionary five shifts approach. And while you're there, you can sign up for a one-on-one consultation where we will create together your life intention. This is the framework for which all of your decisions around alcohol are made from your truest and highest self. In addition to working remotely worldwide, I host private one-on-one healing retreats at my sanctuary in Mount Hood, Oregon. I can't wait to connect.